0: Before we get started, I just wanted to alert you to the fact that uh, we had a little technical snafu with this recording, and we ended up having to rely on our backup copy, uh, which sounds just fine, except for the fact that at the very end of our interview, at the very end of the last segment, I picked up the phone to take a selfie of all of us, and that cut off the backup recording. So the very end of it kind of just cuts off abruptly, I'm sorry about that, Uh, but I think you'll really like this interview that we did.
1: I am your humble host, Andrew Whaley, here on Breadbox Media. And... Welcome to Over the Counter. I'm Mark Chick And I'm Andrew Whaley. Now, if you're a counter-positioning listener, you're probably pretty confused right now. And if you're a listener to the Over the Counter podcast, you're probably pretty confused right now.
0: I suppose that's part of the goal. A little bit of confusion. Mix things up a little.
1: So... Uh, I'm here with Mark Giescheck, and uh, he is my partner on the Over the Counter podcast, as all of you contrarians know, you listeners of both, um, and so we're doing an Over the Counter takeover of the Counter position today. That's right,
0: that's right, it's kind of like a um, sneak attack, or I don't know, maybe a mail merge, you know, <laughs>
1: just bring the, mail, bring the two podcasts together. Oh, and that, that, that third laugh you're listening to is a special treat we have. No, not Chris, special treat Stefanik, a different special treat. Um, they, Chris always says that. Everything I say, we have a special treat. He goes, that's my rap name, actually. <laughs> um, anyway, we're here with Billy Kangas, and we are at his amazing wonderland known as Cultivate Coffee and Tap House. Welcome, Billy. So glad to be here. Oh, you're on two shows at once.
2: This is my uh, personal way to bilocate. Yeah, uh, right. Yeah, I, I, I'll keep this in mind if uh, if I'm ever up for canonization, you guys. Can, uh, <laughs> uh, uh,
0: Audio bilocation.
1: <laughs> he was on both of these podcasts at the exact same time. Therefore, he was in two places.
0: We should also probably say that we're in Ypsilanti, Michigan right now.
1: Ips- no, okay, now it's Ypsilanti. 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 Yeah. Ypsilanti.
0: yeah, what did you think it was? I
1: thought it was like Ypsilanti.
0: You're not alone in that, but you would be wrong. Yeah. Well, if you if you spoke classical Greek, it would be more like upsalanti.
1: Upsalanti. Yeah. yeah. I see, I, and I get confused between. So then, and then there's the Upper Peninsula, right? And they call them people what? Upers, Youpers? Upers. That's right.
0: Yeah. Yes. This is like the local Michigan dialect.
1: Yeah, so I sometimes I heard people talk called youpers, and I thought they were from Ypsilanti or something, but...
2: It's not, no, it's not. Ypsilantians would be the correct nomenclature. Or, if you wanted to refer to the entirety of the population of the Lower Peninsula, you would refer to us as trolls. <laughs> because we live under the bridge,
0: oh. um, the Mackinac Bridge. So, I that, see, so Michiganders is not the right. Michiganders
1: term. would also be that covers that would be both the trolls all, and for the Ubers. Okay. What about okay. Mich- Michiganians?
0: Uh, th- That is or
2: occasionally used. Michiganians, it is, not Michiganians? The, Michiganians? It is not the preferred. It um, is
0: not the preferred nomenclature, yeah, dude. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So, wh- Michigan American, please. We should. We should. We should say why are we here talking to Billy
1: Kangas, my friend? There's a why. We, we have. We need. We need a reason. <laughs> so, Billy. Billy is a really interesting human being. So, I've been wanting to meet Billy for a really, really long time. Because, Today's your special day, because <laughs> Billy is. Billy is the other Catholic coffee guy. It's true. (laughs) It's like there's two of us. I mean I thought I was the only like Catholic coffee guy.
0: And then And now here you are sitting across the counter from one another i feel like
1: i'm like i'm sitting in a mirror kind of here you know you're we like a look younger We me. do look
0: remarkably similar
1: you're a you're a younger me with um less hair i wasn't in a. it's your that. younger <laughs> balder self everyone it's my younger balder self get in touch with your younger balder self <laughs> well yeah, i'm definitely not bald but everyone has less hair than me i've got the, the biggest head of hair on earth um, Mark's had kind a of pretty serious. Go ahead.
0: Well, so I just want to ask Billy a little bit about who he is and where we are right now to maybe kind of set the stage. This really is this really is over the counter and not the counter position. It's we, true. Yeah, you don't he's, own he's, the place. He's
1: reining me in. This is a, uh, this is a 50-50 relationship, right? A little
0: bit of like, you know, give a little, take a little. This is why I have my own show. Okay. So. so, Billy, where are we? Can you just describe where this place is? All right. So you are
2: currently situated in a beautiful beer garden, which is part of... Cultivate Coffee and Tap House. Ipsilandia's preeminent coffee and tap house. Uh, we serve the best coffee, the best beer, and we're also a nonprofit, which is working to end hunger both locally and around
0: the world. Okay, and and uh, so I mean, like I see, like there's a vegetable garden back here. There's some games to play. All these. They, and you benches I, and I, stuff, and you
1: know, and it's this. This stuff is surprisingly hard for beer. I mean, you made a garden out of beer. I mean, that's a. <laughs> so you just kind of like, do you pour it in a form and wait for it to become wood-like like this? Or? Actually,
2: it's deceiving. I know it's called a beer garden, but this is actually
1: wood. Oh. <laughs> Oh, okay. You name, you're naming it by activity, not by uh, right. There's like a
2: like a genre of space. When when did cultivate come to be? Uh, we're j- just over a year old. We celebrated our one year anniversary
0: uh, about a week and a half ago. Oh, wow. Okay, so so just a year. And uh, how? I mean, how's it been received by the local community?
2: So far, it's been
0: remarkably well
2: received. I I knew it would be successful, but it's been more successful than I thought it would be. So so far, we've done a lot of great things towards our cause and have really, I think, established ourselves as a, a pretty powerful and uh, beneficial place for people to gather, get to know each other, and get engaged with important issues.
0: Yeah. And how how do you facilitate that kind of engagement? Uh, well, part of it is we
2: try to make sure the space is inviting for people to, to get to know each other, to get engaged. We have a lot of big tables where you share, you get to, to meet your neighbors. We have a community calendar, which we always fill up with events where people can say hey I'm really into knitting or I'm really into woodworking or I'm really into a uh, book club and we try to create space where you can put that on the calendar and invite people to join in and get involved uh, and then we have a, a cause which people really rally behind which is ending hunger. I think it's something that almost everyone can agree is a good thing to do. Uh, we shouldn't have hungry people in the world and in our own county, we have one in seven people who still struggles with hunger insecurity. And here in Ypsilanti, the number is closer to one in three. So it's a pretty substantial issue that we can make some pretty tangible steps in addressing. And I think that's a major catalyst to bringing people kind of into the community here.
1: So what you're saying that in, in Ypsilanti, one in three people are dealing with hunger. In one,
2: one capacity or another, yeah.
1: That's amazing to me, because this looks absolutely beautiful here. It doesn't look like... now, And I was actually just really shocked by it, but I was just in Flint over the weekend. And I'd never seen, like, urban decay, that it was the remains of a, a beautiful, prosperous suburban neighborhood. It's like, so you, it's not high-rises, it's small two three bedroom houses across the street from a gorgeous park that are falling down and people are doing drugs in front of them. In Flint. In Flint, yeah. yeah. So what, so Michigan, and I don't know what Detroit's like, I haven't been I mean, I'm assuming it's urban or whatever, but so what so what's going on here? How come it looks I mean, is this we're in the wrong neighborhood? We're in the (laughs) the right neighborhood.
2: neighborhood. Uh, This is a neighborhood which I think it would be doing pretty well. We we don't have the same levels of poverty where we're sitting. This is Depot Town uh, which is has had some troubled past, but in recent years has really kind of developed and is uh, kind of, yeah, it's doing pretty well. So, how, how does cultivate uh, like help people help people? <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we do a number of things. One of the things is. That was a is, very
1: marked question.
2: We've got a uh, uh, produce garden in the back, it's volunteer run, and we grow food that we donate to a local a food gleaning and food bank organization called Food Gatherers. This past season, we grew over 300 pounds of produce, which we donated. Uh, We also donate our proceeds to local organizations and uh, some uh, other organizations as well. So we work closely with Food Gatherers, Growing Hope, uh, Hope Clinic, Ypsilanti Meals on Wheels, locally here, but also a part of the Alliance to End Hunger. And have worked with groups like Food for
0: Farmers internationally to help support uh, diversifying agriculture for some of the most vulnerable people. So it's kind of like a clearinghouse for helping people interface with these other organizations, right? So, so like Cultivate do- itself doesn't have like a program where you go and collect food and then distribute it, but rather you like partner with these other organizations that are doing this kind of thing.
2: Yeah, we do. I mean, we do occasionally offer opportunities to collect food, but it's always in partnership with a broader yeah. organization. So we aren't a soup kitchen, we aren't a food pantry, but we do work closely with those who are doing good in those areas. We're trying to be a place that connects uh, the different communities that are here, both the educational communities of the major universities in the county, yeah. the governmental organizations, entrepreneurs in the area, community members, and nonprofits. We think that if we can bring these people to the same table right. and start to make ending hunger an issue that we can see real results made. So we're in the process yeah. of developing a plan to end hunger locally, uh, by the year 2030. So wow. that's okay. what we're hoping to do. Wow.
1: So, well, I, I, end hunger several times a day. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's a little smaller project. It's my own hunger. That I, Doesn't I mean, seem like a small project to me. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a bigger project than most, but I, uh, I just, ended, I just ended some hunger with a, a, a a, a delicious uh, fresh pretzel and some pimento cheese, and here. I just ended
0: some caffeine withdrawal with this. Uh, <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm kind of well, delicious cup I of I manually talk about brewed this coffee. coffee when we get back too, and I want to get I want to do a geek segment here right, a little let's do bit, it. To get a little geeky on the coffee front. Um, all right, so, um, so you, you it, if you had to pick what you, know, what, if you had to pick something to say like what this thing is primarily, it's so many things, but. Was there, was there an initial idea, an initial impulse?
2: The impulse is social enterprise, that business can be bigger than profits, that we flip right. kind of the, the system and say, let's put values first and let profits serve values, let profits serve people. That's, the, that's what it is. And the fact that I'm passionate about hunger and a huge coffee nerd, and then my partner Ryan is a huge beer nerd, is why it became the thing that it is but the initial impetus is social enterprise
1: all right okay well um we're here with uh billy kangas at cultivate coffee and tap house and my uh my good friend mark Gieschek and you are listening to the -the over-the-counter takeover of the counter position it is two shows at once so you're being super productive today you're listening to two shows at the same time all right so um or anything before we go out All right, so let's go to the break, and when we get back, we're going to talk some more about social enterprise, some more about coffee geekness, and just general uh, hilarity will ensue, I'm sure. All right, see you on the other side. to the counter position I am your humble host Andrew Whaley here on Breadbox media and you are listening to the uh, the over-the-counter position <laughs> it's, just, it's the what's well, the counter position and it's over the counter I'm just I'm gonna spitball on that it's just it's not official we're not there's a lot it. of countering going on in there I mean there's, yeah we're just not gonna we're not gonna build a ball cap so, but, out of but it, I, but I think
0: that uh, the that- that you have to realize that now that it's the -the over-the-counter show and not the counterposition, that, you know, we're co-hosts now.
1: You're not the sole host. I mean, we're co-hosts for this one show. Guys, I think
2: we're getting counterproductive here.
1: (laughs) Oh, that was a good counterpoint. Um, Wow. uh, (laughs) My head is spinning (laughs) counterclockwise. As it usually does, but that's a spiritual problem you can discuss with your chaplain. Um... All right, so I'm here with my my good friend Mark Gieschek, who is my uh, my co-host on the Over the Counter podcast. That's and, me, by the way. Yes, in case you're wondering. The and then and then the uh, the other guy here is the lovely and talented Billy Kangas.
0: Okay, so so we've been talking about Cultivate, which is this beautiful place where we are yes. right now in Ypsilanti, Michigan and all of the great projects that are going on here to help end hunger in the local community and yeah. around the world and, uh, and bring no, all these people together. No mean goal. So I, I just want to ask you, Billy, Like, how did you sort of arrive at this place a year ago to start this thing? I mean, like, what <laughs> what, what in your history see, kind Mark of led is up?
1: organized. He has an
0: agenda. He has what, notes. What, what led up to this point? I mean, because this is not a normal... This <laughs> My is not a normal listeners
2: business. aren't using this much order. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to subject your... Your listeners to the professionalism that Geese Check brings to the table. That is exactly the
1: truth. (laughs) I need a Geese Check in my life
2: again. Uh, Well, I'd be happy to answer your question, Mark. Um, I'll try to give you a Cliff Notes version, obviously. Any life uh, is filled with many turns. Sure. I started out uh, as a a coffee lover many years ago. Yeah. And... uh, for many years coffee has been a big part of my life so the coffee part of it kind of naturally grew out of years of working in the coffee industry doing coffee stuff and I I got involved with the coffee industry a long time ago uh, out of a, a dual commitment the first commitment was I was working in churches and church paychecks are not huge so I was looking for additional streams of income sure and so I started working in coffee shops The reason I invested in coffee shops... In this area. In this area, initially, yeah. But then I also worked at a cafe in Chicago. I worked at cafes in Washington, D.C. Sure. So as I've done different things in my life, I've almost always picked up a bar shift or two a week or done some kind of training or education stuff in the coffee industry. Because I love it and I'm a nerd.
1: who'd you work for in Chicago?
2: In Chicago, I worked for a coffee shop and roaster called Ipsento. Uh, It's on western and milwaukee
0: and they're they're phenomenal they're phenomenal so so you started as a kind of barista but then i mean like we're i mean there are other things kind of going on in that story too right i mean what else is going on
2: well so the other end of it is uh my career trajectory initially started out Uh, doing ministry stuff. Yeah. So I began working for churches and other Christian organizations, doing youth ministry, doing worship ministry, wound up going to seminary and getting a Master's in Divinity, uh, doing pastoral work. And along that process, I dug in pretty deep to theology and church history and came face-to-face with this small little sect of Christians called... Catholics. (laughs) Catholics.
1: <laughs> it's a little obscure, kind of a. I, I always get those in like the the confusion. Oh yeah, the, the Catholics. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh yeah. This right. little thing we call the Catholic Church.
2: So f- a few years back, I felt called to explore whether or not I should join the Catholic Church because I started to sense this is the direction I was being well, led. Well, can we ask like where you were before? What yeah, oh, sure. flavor oh, you were you? Oh, yeah. Before. Well, you know, I was a kind of a Baskin-Robbins Christian.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Weren't we all? All had, the interesting ones <laughs> were.
2: I had, I had quite a few. I, I started out uh, Lutheran, but in an ecumenical community that Mark and I were both a part of growing up called the Word of God. So I had a lot of different influences, Catholics included. Um... So, I initially worked at some Lutheran churches. I I did a a brief stint at a Reformed Church of America church. I went to seminary with the Evangelical Covenant church. And it was in the Evangelical Covenant church, which is kind of the Swedish pietist denomination, kind of like Lutheranism, with a little bit of American revivalism thrown in. Um, It was when I was working with them that I started to feel kind of this call to join the Catholic Church. So
0: that threw my whole career path in, in a loop. Now, in I have to ask, of... I'm just a little curious, is is there any connection between that kind of draw to the Catholic Church and coffee?
2: Well, that's a great question. Uh, I, They're both good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could talk about uh, uh, all the ways that uh, coffee is theological. Uh, I wouldn't, I mean, there there is a certain connection insofar as... Both of them were things I was a nerd about. Yeah. Like, I would get really into the coffee stuff, and then I would really get
0: into the theology stuff. So, uh, do, you have
1: I, the, do you have the other half of this amulet? <laughs> I'm
0: like... i just, 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 Right, because this parallels your own story, Andrew. I know. It's right, because like, you were involved in a lot of ministry stuff, right? Um, yeah, it is like... On the Protestant
1: side. Yeah, this, this is so funny. Every, the more I've heard about... About Billy, the more I'm like, okay, I gotta meet this guy. Like, and there's people that I know that there's people I know that know you that you don't even know about. Like I was getting coffee one time talking to this guy named, and you know, Jonathan Jarrow. Oh yeah. And Jonathan was like, dude, you gotta meet my friend Billy Kangas. He wrote this. <laughs> he wrote this coffee liturgy, like it's his thesis or something. Yeah, and yeah. I'm can like, you tell us about that?
2: Uh, the coffee liturgy. Yeah, sure. It's not really a thesis, but I wrote a coffee liturgy as a. A way, a way to prayfully meditate on the process of making coffee. Uh, I use each element in the, pro, the, the cappuccino as a reflection on the Holy Trinity. So the shot of espresso is the sun, because we have the dust, like the, the earth, that's mixed with the living water to produce this hypostatic union of, uh, of dissolved solids and water in the Whoa. espresso shot. Uh, we but have it's a, quadri-
1: <laughs> it's, a, quadri- it's, a it's a quadrinity it's a polyphasic system of four things to well
2: you know yeah. only if you separate the divine and the human nature
0: of Christ <laughs> this, which, this is see, this, wait, this is, is starting this to sound monotonous <laughs> to me all of a sudden <laughs> this
1: is absolutely the single coffee geekiest and theology geekiest <laughs> thing that's ever happened <laughs> this is going over the heads of like almost everyone because you would have to be like this is how you talk about espresso you Andrew. would have to know espresso science and like <laughs> Trinitarian theology to well, get these you're you knows, the one so.
2: guy who knows the, you know how beautiful the coffee literature is then. <laughs> uh,
1: but you no, it's so, like, yeah, okay, so he please. told me about you, and then, and then, and then Mark told me about. I mean, I think probably like six times I ran into someone, and they're like, they see who I am and hear my story, and they're like, "Do you know who Billy King is? <laughs> <And I'm> like, <laughs> No, I keep hearing about this Billy Cane as a
0: guy. So, so, okay, so to me it seems like there is some sort of connection between the Catholic thing and the coffee thing. Totally. Right, that, that maybe you drew together in your coffee liturgy. Uh-huh.
2: Well, I think that, that, yeah, I mean, part of it, yeah, is the fact that everything I do, I connect to both coffee and theology. So as I'm pulling shots, I'm thinking, like, Oh, you know the mystery of the incarnation. Like, how do we understand this? Like, <laughs> uh, how do Or maybe I... you were just reading too many theology books in seminary while you were making coffee. Uh, I think that's part of it. That's <laughs> that's actually probably the truth. There. I think the second. I
1: think the second primary uh, component of the menu in this place may have played a role too. Oh uh, yeah, well <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Was okay. There's a. Beer. beer plays it there's a great story this is like a, of all places like in New Covenant magazine or something I remember reading like a million years ago there was a story about uh, Father Avery Dulles huh. and he was um, walking across Fordham's campus and he had a couple cases of Budweiser in his hand and some, um, and some student says Father Dulles you've got a you have a case of beer and he says well, yes, he says. Uh, beer played a great role in the history of theology, <laughs> especially it played a huge role in the um, in, in 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 the in the in the in the, in the, um, the battle between um, Saint Augustine and uh, Augustine and Pelagius. And he says, "Well, how do you know that, Father?" He says, "I infer it from the text." <laughs> <laughs> it just seemed like a good moment to tell that story. No, it's great. told that story on here.
0: So, uh, okay, so just to kind of pick up the narrative thread. So you're in the seminary, you're in Chicago, you're making coffee, mm-hmm. you're writing coffee liturgies, <laughs> uh, and you're feeling this kind of draw to the Catholic thing. So what happens then? Uh, so I had
2: kind of a powerful encounter where I felt really strongly drawn to join the, the Catholic Church. So I took a year to discern whether this was the Holy Spirit or not. So I decided to live like a Catholic for a year. So I read all the Catholic books I could get my hands on. In fact, the first one I read That's was... That's
1: not like very Catholic.
2: Catholic. <laughs> yeah,
0: I was kind of wondering, like, oh, I wonder what living like a Catholic for a year looks like.
1: Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, very few Catholics I know There's, Catholic,
2: well, there's so. other things, but the first one I read was actually a gift from Mark from years before, which was uh, a catechism. Uh, I remember, it was I don't know, it was probably 15 years ago. Mark was like, here, take this catechism. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to read this. <laughs> <laughs> and, but then I did. And it was uh, uh, an important part of it. But then also you know, praying the rosary, praying the hours, uh, doing consecration to Mary, doing... Icon Veneration, doing the whole 9 year If it was a Catholic thing, I'm like, all right, I'm going to try this thing out. Yeah. So I spent a year just doing every
0: Catholic thing I Did could. Did you feel
1: like you were just like... How many Catholics do you know that iconology? actually know how
0: to do Icon Veneration?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, very uh, very few. Yeah. Well, that's, I don't know if I could do it exactly. That's pretty impressive.
2: <laughs> well, you know, some of the best Catholics are those who had to figure it out, not... Sure. You know, just thrown into the...
1: Yeah, so, okay, so um, we're, heading, we're heading speedily towards the end of the segment, so I don't want to get anything... Well, we'll deepening. pick up the story on the
0: other yeah, side. Yeah, we'll pick
1: it up on the other side. Yeah, because and, and I also, you brought up something interesting, that you've known Mark for a really long time. That's true. So I want to get some inside dirt on what Mark was like <laughs> when he was a kid. I mean,
2: <laughs> Remarkably um, the same, actually. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's strange, because he was a kid, right? <laughs> yeah. All right, so when we get back, we're going to find out more about Billy Kangas, my um, younger, balder doppelganger, yep. and um, and about what Mark Gieschek was like when he was a kid. So. Uh-huh. All right, so you're listening to both over-the-counter and the counter position at the same time. I'm your host, Andrew Whaley, here with Mark Gieschek and Billy Kangas. We'll be right back. Welcome back to The Counter Physician. I am your humble host, Andrew Whaley, here on Breadbox Media. Welcome to Over the Counter. I'm Mark Eastrick. And I'm Andrew Whaley. <laughs> Why did you get two intros? If you're just tuning in, this is the uh, the Over the Counter podcast takeover of my show. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, before I thought it was a male merge, but now I'm starting to think it's more of like a mind meld it is kind of like a mind melt yeah it's
0: like a, the combination of two good things going going into one one ear at a time two ears more at a time of
1: a patty melt it's more of a patty melt yeah no it's like a no it's like <laughs> those old commercials for Reese's cups where it's like your peanut butter's in my chocolate your chocolate's in my peanut butter two great tastes it tastes great together it's just like that which one of us is the peanut butter and which one of us is the chocolate?
0: I think I'll let the listeners determine that, Andrew.
1: <laughs> Depending on which part is their favorite. Okay, so you're listening to the, the Counter Position, and Mark and I have this podcast called Over the Counter, well, and we're taking well, over my show today and making it two episodes. Well, a and, and this is the thing, whereas I, I really
0: feel like it's kind of like the father coming back to sort of, like, claim the baby, right? Okay, okay. first of all... No, I mean, look what I'm saying is is just, like... The over-the-counter podcast did predate the counter position. It did. Significantly.
1: Significantly.
0: Right? And I think I deserve a little bit of credit for... I, I give you, know, you
1: credit all the time.
0: Right, right, for sort of... You, you know know that if you listen I mean, to Because I, show, I but... was the one that sort of pushed a microphone into your hand and actually got you to sit down and start recording podcasts with me. And we put them out there to the world. And then pretty soon, all of a sudden, you're doing it an hour every day and saying it's your favorite okay, thing well, in the
1: world. I will say, okay, I will say that there was a, it was a remarkable... Um... I'll tell this story real fast, just because I think it's a remarkable example of um, God's will kind of coming about through a bunch of different threads. So I had been wanting to do a podcast for a long time, didn't know how it worked. I even played with it and tried it, but couldn't figure out the tech, and I'm just super ADD. And then um, Mark came along, and Mark and I started having conversations quite literally over the counter in the shop at the at the Augustine Institute. And we started noticing that people would stop and listen to us sometimes when we were talking. And this is good. They introduced the other listeners to our podcast. And so um, we decided to start recording the things. And first we actually tried to do it physically over the counter, but the refrigerator was too loud. So we ended up moving it someplace else. And so um, we started doing this show. And and that that was a show where it was two Catholic intellectuals, one a scholar, one a business guy, and and a more philosophy-based guy. And we, we talked about everything other than what you would find typically on Catholic media. So our, our, our podcast is like, we don't talk about theology. We don't talk about uh, politics. We don't talk about the culture war. We talk about everything else. And so we started doing this thing. And what's weird is that um, Leo Brown, the founder of um, Redbox Media, I had contacted Chris Stefanik and talked to him about doing a show. And Chris was just didn't have any bandwidth to do it. He was just too busy. And he said, Hey, you, I got a guy. Do you want me to introduce And he said, so We started talking, and I ended up with this online radio show. Now, did Leo actually listen to any of our shows? I think so, maybe. I don't know. Leo, did you listen to any of our shows? <laughs> um, I think he probably did, but um, yeah, but it was weird. It was like I kind of got comfortable with you doing this, and then a radio show came out of the ether and. Yeah, no it so was
0: I just I mean I just want a little bit of the credit I give for you a lot of the credit. genesis. I of give this you thing. a lot of
1: credit yeah now could we quit arguing over whether you have well, any role and let's get back to our guest yeah well right we, we don't do. want to ignore
2: Mark wants to make sure he gets citation credit for his tenure education uh, <laughs> you know okay. <laughs> right.
1: now now this is a great segue was he like this when he was young is this oh
2: yeah oh yeah yeah
1: <laughs> so I heard he was like a street preacher when he was young
2: we were street preachers together yeah. Mark and I, we used to go uh, out into the diag or over to uh, Eastern Michigan and uh, get on milk crates and you know, tell people, uh, "Hey, you hear about this Jesus guy?
1: You're going to hell." We, we never he said that. Right we, now. we died ni- right now. We were nice. We were
2: nice street preachers. We were nice street preachers most of the time. I mean, Mark, you know, he brings the fire.
1: But... <laughs> he was like up to huh? like Jonathan Edwards. <laughs> He's like, the Lord is dangling you like a spider over the fire. <laughs> did he have like a pocket protector when he was young?
2: I don't think so. I know. I don't remember a pocket protector. He might have had a, an occasional pen and a breast pocket. But uh, I think he lived on the edge
1: and did it without, without protection. Because he was, he was a daredevil <laughs> like his old man. Um, all right. So what was, what was, was he always like this?
0: Uh, yeah, I think so. I, yeah. No, I think Billy's always been interested in music and coffee and theology and God and it all is kind of mixed together into, uh, you know, a beautiful, um, what did you call it? A, uh, suspension? No, a, uh, uh, polyphasic, polyphasic system. system. Yeah, yeah, I would say Billy Kangas is a polyphasic system. Perfect,
1: <laughs> perfect. So espresso is, a, 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 suspension, a liquid, an emulsion, and a foam, right? So there's four things at once if it's properly pulled. Yeah. And, it, you know... <laughs> But I've never quite understood the difference between a foam and an emulsion. One of them's oil bubbles, right? But they're not really oils, they're carbohydrates because they're water soluble, right? So, sure. So is there really a distinction between the emulsion and the foam?
2: It probably depends on what perspective you're looking at. I would say when you're approaching it from a latte perspective, understanding the foamic nature of the <laughs> of the emulsion. <laughs>
1: It's very <laughs> Well, there were two schools of thought on this. And <laughs> one of them broke off from the other and condemned the other one. It's so funny. In, in the, uh, what, Second Council of Carthage or whatever? Yeah, well, it was, it was. Uh, it, well, I, we don't know. But the, 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 the Shomerites were uh, were, uh, were writing about it early on. You know, speaking then,
0: of latte art, I think it would be fantastic if we had a latte art throwdown between the two of you. Uh, right that'd here. be
1: fun we could do that uh, it's hard to to
2: demonstrate that on an audio recording but I suppose we could always
0: uh, throw a video
2: podcast in there
1: no we'll do a we'll do a Facebook <laughs> live video on there you the, go. On, on the <laughs> yeah
2: we'll pull some we'll pull some shots later on uh, you know Good. people can track it down
1: yeah I'll, I'll put I'll throw it up on the on the Facebook page <laughs> I', I like I he keeps trying to pick a barista fight between you and I and I keep saying I am fairly sure that Billy King is a better barista than me. Did you hear that? Did you hear that admission? Just, just wanted to point that out. I am not a great technical barista. I, it's not The crafting is just not. Uh, I don't have the actually. I think. To detail. I
0: think yesterday you might have said something about how you could take Billy Kangas. No, I mean, yeah. I'm not. I
1: could beat him up in a fight. Uh, is what I, was saying. I, I don't I'm think that's what you me. were saying. I think we could do. Do, do a YouTube beat? live video of that. Or a Facebook live video of that. <laughs> okay,
0: so have a, do you have a so, boxing ring at Cultivate? <laughs> let's just wrestle.
1: I'm bigger. Let's wrestle. You know, he he started saying something about that, and I thought he—I didn't know he was talking about coffee. And I'm like, I, don't, I think I'm bigger, than Billy. I could take you. <laughs> um, and he goes, No, I think he'd take you. Then I realized he was talking about like a latte art contest. Well,
2: you know, my latte art is is okay. There's definitely people better than me out there. too. Well, you
1: have competed though, right? You were in USBC, yeah. right? I well,
2: I haven't done USBC. have I've thought about it. I've helped a couple of people train for it, but. I've never had the time
1: to go and do it myself. You did a USBC competition once, unfortunately. United States barista competition for those who are not coffee geek listeners. Um.
0: Uh, Billy, I I just wanted to circle back a little bit because we've been talking about these sort of like two parallel tracks you've been doing, like one in theology and one in coffee. Yep. And uh, so, like, what are you up to in theology right now, career-wise? Sure. And where where do you see it all headed? And like, and how do you view those two tracks as like coming together in your own life? Well, when I'm not uh, pulling shots and
2: taking names. I'm <laughs> working on a PhD. Uh, pulling shots and taking names. Uh, so, yeah, I'm at the Catholic University of America. My uh, alma mater. Yes, yes. Mark and I, uh, had some overlap there. I was actually sitting outside, uh, rooting him on as he defended his dissertation. <laughs> uh, so that's, that's, a, a fun factoid there. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm working on a litur- liturgy and sacramental theology PhD with an allied
1: field of biblical studies. So wow, okay. See, I mean, I can't even say a word. I. What and so and so. Oh yeah, well, I went to Thomas Aquinas College and I read the great books. <laughs> no comment. I, I am among those who know, to the degree of. A Yo, what does w- TAC stand w- for again? That amazing college. Oh yeah. Okay, huh. <laughs> uh... <laughs> so you guys I mean, I'm so jealous of you guys actually having these advanced degrees so
0: you're in the PhD process right now hopefully toward the end of the whole process yeah, we'll see how quickly I can write a dissertation right so like where do you envision this going like what are you going to be doing 10 years from now I don't know I wish I did uh, academia in
2: general is a, a, a pit of mystery and uncertainty yeah uh, and even if it wasn't I, I have a desire always to have one foot in the human world and one foot in the ethereal uh, ivory tower world so i'd like to teach some classes yeah but i'd like to do it in such a way that i can continue to interact with normal humans and not get kind of lost in the what are you trying to say about me uh you're on a podcast with a normal human today so you know you're
0: you're living the dream you know wait you're calling andrew a normal human
1: now that that's that's quite a compliment uh, I mean uh I mean there 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 are I have my moments I have my normal <laughs> moments but, um, I don't know that I, i'm I'm not an ivory tower human
0: now it's true it's true you're not that's what he's saying we're abnormal apparently it's yeah true. you are
1: abnormal yeah. uh,
0: so but I mean do you envision yourself still running cultivate ten years from now or Teaching at a major research university, or living in Zimbabwe—all <laughs> three of those are on the table, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> probably not Zimbabwe. Yeah, the coffee isn't but, very uh... good in Zimbabwe. But uh, you know, but I they probably can get some from you know Ethiopia or the Congo or something. I don't know. It's Probably the import import practices are difficult. No, they
1: have it. They have coffee in Zimbabwe. I've had Zimbabwe AA back in the day. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah.
2: In answer to your question, I don't really know. I would like to do work in uh the academic world but i would also like to keep my hand in the pulse of what's going on here and uh what does your wife think uh she just says as long as uh you know you're there to change the diapers
1: i don't (laughs) care what you do (laughs) so uh can you tell us a little bit about your family okay hold hold, hold on we're about to the end of the the third segment sorry we don't want to rush through this family thing family is important it deserves its own segment on the -the over-the-counter podcast And the Counter Position online radio show. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So you're listening to the the over-the-counter takeover of the Counter Position. We're here with Billy Kangas of Cultivate Coffee and Tap House and my lovely and talented podcast partner, Mark Gischek. And we're going to head off to the break. When we get back, we're going to find out about Billy's future for diaper changing and shop pulling and name-taking. And so uh, we will see you on the other side. to The Counter Physician. I am your humble host, Andrew Whaley, and I am here with Mark Giescheck, my partner in crime on the Over the Counter podcast. So, it's
0: my job, actually, to say, welcome to the Over the Counter podcast. I'm Mark Giescheck. And I'm Andrew Whaley. I think, Andrew, it's more like we've staged a coup, right? Uh, no, because... Okay, maybe it's like I've staged a coup <laughs> uh, against your radio show, right? Is that well, how no, it's because going? because I'm the dictator of my radio show. Mm,
1: and, I see.
0: So, are you benevolent or not benevolent?
1: Well, I think that most. Dictator, What's the opposite of benevolent? Malevolent. Are you malevolent, malevolent or benevolent? Well, I mean, we're there's no, there's no wider black hats in this world, Mark. You're so black and white. We're all wearing different shades of gray. You know. Come Goodness. on. Now I'm a good. I am a good giant squid overlord, and you will be glad to be my minion.
2: <laughs> now that we've identified the nature of the despotism we have here.
0: Right. So we'll reintroduce you to our guest, Billy Kangas, uh, who is the master. Uh, what do you call yourself? Uh, Barista? Uh, sure. Master Barista. Master Barista I like, at, I like at, to think at Cultivate, cultivate Coffee as like and Tap House. Our, our, our temporary surf uh, here in our desk. PhD candidate in liturgical studies yeah. at Catholic University of America. Author of a book on Christian funerary practices. That's the true stuff. And a coffee liturgy. Whoa, uh, whoa,
1: whoa, whoa. You wrote a book on Christian funerary practices?
0: Did they involve coffee? Uh, there's no, coffee
2: had not been discovered in the time frame I, uh, was writing on to. No, there's no coffee okay. in the book, unfortunately.
1: Okay, I want to hear about your family, but why in the world would you write a book about Christian funerary practice? Because it's awesome. Uh,
2: the way that Christianity influenced the practice of death in the world is one of the most substantial things. Yeah. Uh, that kind of highlights... The practice of death? That's quite the <laughs> phrase. <laughs> yeah. So how people die. how have been working on my practice of death. These are good. we got, we got martyrs. We've got these... Uh, in, in short, to summarize the thesis of the book, uh, Christianity's introduction into the Roman Empire was revolutionary because... It drew people toward the dead as sources of hope, rather than potential places of demonic possession or potential uh, problematic spots of uh, ancestors coming back and Dose. harassing yeah. ghosts and things like that, or just a source of defilement, like we saw in the in the Jewish world, uh, where you wouldn't want to walk in a grave. Instead, the Christians started building churches over graves and celebrating feasts with the with with their former loved ones and and saints and. Uh, It was really a remarkable testimony to death's defeat as a foe in Christ. And now it was seen more as a a new birthday to life in the heavenly realm. So I think it's interesting. What's the name of the
1: book? It's
0: called How
2: the First Christians Changed Dying. And where can people get it? Amazon.com. It's probably your best bet.
1: (laughs) That sounds good. I mean, I think it's interesting. I think that, well, obviously, like... When you look at a society, any, you find some, archaeologists find some society, where one of the first things they look at is, like, what did they do with the dead people? That tells you a lot about how they view the world, how they view the universe, how they view the current interaction between those two, and, I mean, and you look at, like, how they approach death, I mean, literally, like, how they move towards it. Um, the idea of hospices, or the idea of us, you get...
0: Well, I mean, Mother Teresa was all about caring for the dying.
1: Right, so, well, like, St. Francis Xavier, like, went to Goa and just, like, buried a thousand people, and, like, served them and then buried them, and, like, that caused, like, this tenfold, he did so many baptisms, he had repetitive motion injury, he had carpal tunnel from wow. holding the book, doing baptisms and stuff. Um, and it all started with burying the dead, you know? So, Billy, I just wanted
0: to circle back. We asked you a little bit about your family, but did, we haven't heard much yet, so I just wanted to ask yeah, yeah, you... Yeah. Sure. Uh, well, you can tell us about your family.
2: I got the best family in the world. Uh, I've got a great wife whose name is Joan. She is the greatest source of holiness in my own life. Uh, uh, and I got two amazing boys, uh, Liam and James, who are uh, six and three. And
1: yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> great. But, um, that that's that's good I, I should get some of that I should, I, I, I want you should end. andrew I but should uh a, if you'd like to if you'd like to become the greatest <laughs> source of my spirit spirituality in my life uh, email me at the counter at um, <laughs> or just find me on Catholic match um <laughs> Okay, so, so I so push pushing my Catholic match maybe. Anyway.
0: We should say that one of the reasons this conversation is even happening is because Andrew and Billy both represent uh, this this kind of ideology uh, that kind of brings Catholicism together with coffee uh, in in a way that I think is really unique. Uh, it's kind of hard to even describe what it is that you guys do, but to me it seems very similar. I don't know if you feel that yeah. yourselves. But,
1: well, I mean, Billy Billy's doing an instantation of uh, 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 the kind of thing that my apostolate builds like if billy didn't know what he was doing as much as he does which is amazing and he what he's built here is incredible
0: yeah it's like a model for yeah, other it's a model it's an absolute it. documented
1: it's like it's, <laughs> i want to do like a feature on it or something it's like um this is the kind of thing i would try to get people to build i help i help people build places like this teach them the theology, psychology, design, the above of why you would build a place like this, and then teach them how to use this to interact with society and individuals in the moment while making them things. So he's doing it. Yeah. And yeah, it's beautiful. Good stuff.
0: It seems to me like there's a, maybe a slight difference in your two approaches to the project yeah. in that Andrew, it seems to me like your focus is on earning the right to be heard. Yeah. And Billy, it seems like your focus is more on, like, uh, organizing various communities together to accomplish shared goals. Can you guys reflect maybe on on that distinction?
2: I think, in a certain sense, I'm not saying I'm not trying to earn the right to be heard. Sure. That's the thing that got me into coffee in the first place, was I wanted to get to know my neighbors in a way that wasn't like you and I used to do. Sure. Uh, because I'll be honest, even though I enjoyed shouting from <laughs> milk crates with you, I never really saw much fruit from it. Yeah. And the first coffee shop I got, I immediately had you know atheists inviting me over to their house for Bible study, and I was like, "What's happening?"
1: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Uh,
2: so, for me, it was it was a, it's a big part of it. Uh, I mean, my faith is the wellspring from which all that I do happens, and I take evangelization very seriously in my life. And so there is that component, but I wanted to make sure that it's not just a facade. Like sure, that people aren't sure. engaging, feeling like I'm just their friend, so that uh, I can tell them about the gospel. I right, want there to right. be a, a, a authentic relationship and authentic things yeah. that are drawing us together. That we have a connection, sure. and that, that you know I have friends who come in here every day who you know have. I've been talking to about my faith for years and still have no interest in it. And I still 100% love them and uh, I think that's great. So those elements uh, I'm trying to find a way to bring people together, to do work together even if it's beyond just like an opportunity to to share a particular message about um, Christ.
1: Yeah. I think that yeah, I think the I think there's a lot more link up there than, than we would the than than your there's not it's not as heavy a demarcation. There's I am. My argument is that we use the true goods. We the, the love is the unification of persons and a common good, right? And so, and at the same time, you know, like St. Thomas says that the. The the thing receives received in the mode of the receiver, or like I like a better a better thing. <clears is throat> that Susan, was a
0: TAC quote
1: there. Well, and I start twitching when I say that, but I've read. Quah 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 quah. No, but it is the thing receives received in the mode of the receiver. But but uh, Suzanne Bars, I was listening to not too long ago, said that um, the gift is, is received in the mode of the, the 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 gift receiver. You get you take you can only take it you t- for what you can understand it is right. And so you have to love people in a way that they're willing to be loved and can understand that it's love. And sometimes you want to love persons and you want to be in a unification, uh, uh, in love with these people. But maybe they wouldn't let you love them in in the full way that you could. So maybe all you can do is just make them something beautiful. Or listen to them. Or ask them how that test went. Or give them something the, they need, or give them a place to be, or uh, something like that, and over time, you earn the right to give them something more, because through your relationship, they're able to kind of understand and take something more yeah. from you, because the religious red flags have been overcome, or whatever, you just kind of earn the right to get past all Yeah, well, I mean, friends. it sounds like,
0: uh, like leading with love. It is leading with love, yeah. Right, rather than leading with doctrine or right. whatever.
1: Or, or it's leading with beauty, mostly in our world. I yeah. mean, like Baron talks about, um, Bishop Baron talks about the, the spear point of the new evangelization is beauty. Okay, but, so like, I guess, but,
0: but Andrew, I just wanted to ask you, like, what do you think of, and like, how do you think you could apply some of Billy's techniques or practices in terms of community organization oh yeah and like yeah. bringing people together around common goals well
1: no definitely like we're working with um the the project i was just consulting on in flint we're partnering with catholic worker house and we're doing so we're going to be like ro- working with a program to get people roasting coffee yeah. and bagging it up and stuff and we're going to be selling it and using it in the shop and give it providing jobs and interaction with us for people from like the neighborhoods that are just like you know so we're doing all kinds of stuff like that, and I think that justice is one of the cool places that you can really, really earn the right to be heard in this world. Yeah. But um, well, it's this is a bit. This has been a long time coming. Uh, I'm glad I finally got the meeting. I'm you glad I'm here to witness it. <laughs> yeah, I have heard so many people just going like, "How do you not know Billy Kangas? I'm like, you got guys-